Let me tell you about my sponsor, GummyCube. Uh, GummyCube have a number of different end-to-end uh, -end solutions for mobile marketing. One in particular is analytics software that helps you analyze keywords, competition, trends, and really helps with reporting as well. So if you are building apps and working within a, a company that uh, needs reporting for apps, uh, go to gummycube.com, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com. Thanks to GummyCube for being so great. This show is sponsored by Apptentive. Apptentive are the experts in mobile customer experience and in-app communication. So to check out whether your app is loved and get more love for it, go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That's apptentive.com forward slash appguy. And thank you to Apptentive for supporting this show. So before we get into today's episode, I just want to announce that we will be talking about the app launch Yo. It's the Yo app. It was launched last year. You must have heard of this app. It was a viral sensation. Uh, it was everywhere last year on TV, on uh, news, radio, uh, uh, podcasts, uh, blogs. I mean, it was all over the internet. They had a huge campaign. Uh, it was massively successful. It really did uh, blow up. And and we will be going through the Yo app campaign, but it is actually around about 12 minutes into this episode. So stay tuned, listen to every single word because it is an amazing episode with an awesome guest. But just bear in mind that uh, around about halfway through, 12 minute mark, uh, you, you will then get to hear all about the launch campaign of Yo and uh, you will definitely learn something from it. I was really uh, glad that we could go through this. So stay tuned. It's a wonderful episode. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's uh, Paul Kemp. And uh, if you've been listening to my show over the last several weeks, then you'll know that we've had some really, really awesome guests. And it's actually as a direct result of my next guest who is running an a really fantastic PR company. And we're going to be talking about PR, that's press releases or uh, just getting attention for our, uh, the apps that we're building. So this is really going to be a great episode. Stay tuned for it. Um, remember, everything that we share is going to be on theappguy.co episode 363. So you'll be able to get links uh, to all the stuff we, we talk about. So put down your pen, open up your ears, get ready for a fantastic episode. It is with... Uh, Ailet North, and she is the co-CEO of uh, Blonde 2.0, which is a PR-focused company, and we're, we're going to learn about that. So, uh, Ailet, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, well, first of all, let's talk about uh, PR. What does that actually mean nowadays to you? Uh, like, uh, yeah, flesh out the term PR for us. Um, I think PR is really, uh, in its essence, storytelling and um, having the story told by the right people as well. So I think that, you know, a lot of companies obviously do PR and some of them uh, do it well and some of them do it not so well. Um, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of it comes down to um, how you tell the story of your product. Um, you can tell it one way, which will sound very um, you know, sort of passionate and, and, you know, the audience will relate to it. Um, and you can say it a whole different way uh, and it will probably not grab so much attention. So I do think that it's very important to know how to tell your story um, and not, you know, a lot of times entrepreneurs are immersed in their um, startup for so long that they're not... Uh, you know, they're not really um, 
as capable of seeing it uh, in the eyes of how you know a reporter would see it or or the audience should uh, hear it. Um, so that's why it's always important to have someone who's professional and know has how to tell your story in the best way possible, and also knows you know the competitive landscape and what stories have been told already, and kind of try to rise above the noise because there's so much noise out there, as you probably know. Because yeah, yeah. tell me about it. The noise, I mean, is uh, it's really hard because I'm really excited about. I'm currently going through a launch. Uh, you know, as we speak, and I- I'm really excited about the app. And of course, I send it around to all the press, thinking that they're going to get excited. But there's that's probably the 300th message they've had within the last hour of new stuff that's really exciting. So, h- how challenging is it uh, to get into the press? Yeah. So I think that you know we discussed the first element, which is uh, crucial in PR, which is storytelling. Um, the second element is obviously connections because um, you need to have those connections in place um, and usually connections are not something that you create uh, within a day. It's something that you build over time obviously just like any other relationship you would build over time and so um, these reporters uh, in publications like TechCrunch or New York Times, they get thousands of emails every day. Um, and they need to filter that somehow. And so the first thing that they would do is obviously, you know, open the emails by people that they know, that were sent by people that they know. Um, so that's another reason which, you know, I definitely think that you should be working with someone who's a professional and has those connections in place already because, you know, that just makes it that much easier. Uh, I mean, obviously you can start formulating these relationships yourself but that you know it's, it's going to take you quite a long time to to do that and so i think that as far as sending out a press release for example on the day of launch it's probably not such a good uh method because uh, first of all you haven't created those relationships yet second of all it's usually a very good idea to ahead of time, you know, when you're creating your strategy, think about who the best people uh, would be to target for your story. Uh, Because, you know, there's lots of reporters, for example, in TechCrunch, but one of them or two of them are more relevant for your story than others. And so it's always important to map the relevant reporters uh, for your specific story in each publication. And then let them know about it ahead of time so that they feel a part of the process. So that they're not told about it in the last moment, uh, but they actually, you know, are are told in advance. Because it makes them feel a lot more a part of, you know, kind of your success. Uh, Aylet, I have to say, this is uh, possibly going to be one of the best episodes because uh, we often you know, focus on the building perspective. A lot of people pouring huge amounts of passion and effort into their projects, their apps that they're building, getting very excited. And uh, many a a year ago, it was just a case of putting it out there and, you know, relying on the viral effect of the app store. That's now gone and it's, it's, it does still happen on occasions, but the uh, the overwhelming uh, you know response is that it's just too noisy, and so getting a process from you is incredibly powerful. I think for anyone listening who uh, is is wondering how to do this. Uh, so 
in terms of employing a, a PR company, then, because uh, uh, I'm assuming that it, there is, it's quite expensive, I should think, and maybe it's not for everybody that you know, who's, those those people running on a budget. Is that fair? You know, I think that there are obviously range, uh, a range of pricing. Um, there are some companies who are more expensive, some who are less expensive. I have to say that I, I can't speak for everyone, but I know that as far as we're concerned, uh, we definitely, you know, keep in mind that startups have a low budget and, um, you know, lack of resources to uh, spend uh, too much money. And therefore, our pricing is very reasonable. And I think that for the amount that you pay, for example, Blonde 2.0, it would be the same, if not less, than taking a marketing manager in-house who probably doesn't have as many connections and doesn't have the same sort of experience. Um, so I do think that if you do your research a bit, um, you can find PR firms that are very reasonably priced um, and also very good. Yeah, here's here's a, a great topic, which is, you know, currently I am launching uh, an app. It's Lollycam with my friends. And uh, there is a similar app, uh, which I came to my attention two years ago called Luxury. And they sold out to Snapchat uh, for a lot of money, I think. So the apps that are being built have huge potential. But of course, during uh, the launch window, uh, they, they don't have any power at all. So a lot of people... Uh, that are working in small startups or possibly on their own projects are actually open to the idea of giving away equity in the app in return for uh, help with launches and promotion. Uh, I know of actually, I've, I've done this on a few occasions as well. Uh, has your company or do you, you know, ever consider uh, taking a, like a small stake in the app in return for a much lower uh, fee for the, the actual project and promoting it? So we actually do not work on an equity model, even though I've, you know, gotten quite a, uh, a lot of offers and there have been companies that we work with that I probably, you know, regret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always good in hindsight, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, at the end of the day, I have 25 uh, mouths to feed and I need to think about my employees and, um, you know, it's obviously a business and unfortunately uh, the stats uh, are not in, in your favor. So, you know, I don't know exactly what it is now, but I believe that it's a very small percentage of startups that actually at the end of the day, uh, you know, get acquired. Um, so we do not do the equity model, um, but you know, I definitely think that as far as the sort of dedication that we bring in, uh, I don't see myself as, you know, uh, as an external agency. I definitely see myself as part of the team. Um, and a lot of the companies that we work with have um, said that they feel the same, which is always great to hear from uh, the clients themselves. Uh, we've never had to advertise ourselves. It's always been word of mouth, which is the best uh, way to uh, to obviously be recommended. Yeah, in fact, uh, I'd love to go back to the storytelling uh, part because you just reminded me of uh, a talk that I remember seeing, a TED talk, in fact, where I can't remember the speaker's name, but uh, he was talking about Apple 
And he said, why is Apple so successful? It's because that when you think of Apple, you uh, and this is probably more from a few years ago, is that you think about the why. Why are they doing it? Well, they are doing it because they believe in uh, like crafting the best thing possible, the best uh, product possible. They believe in beauty and slickness. And and so you, 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 underst- you understand the why. And uh, a lot of companies miss that because they're just advertising the features uh, rather than it, why it is they're doing what they are doing. And, and I guess that's part of storytelling. Yeah, I, I, I think that one of the first questions you should ask yourself when you're building a product is, is this something that I would actually use? Right, and you can also test that on, uh, on your community. So test it on your friends and family, and see how they relate to it, and, and whether they use it. You know, uh, for example, one of the uh, main launches that we did uh, that got a lot of uh, noise was uh, the launch of Yo. Oh, you were behind Yo. I've mentioned that so many times. Is like the the marketing, uh, like the best marketing ever for you know an app that. It is unbelievably simple. <laughs> right. So, Oh, that know, must have made you guys like famous then because that, that was huge. Yeah, we actually just won uh, PR Daily's best PR campaign of the year and best viral campaign of the year. And I'm flying to New York next month also to, um, for another awards uh, ceremony. Um, so we got a lot of, great feedback about that launch because as you said a lot of people said you know how did this app that all it does is yo your friends um, gets so much traction I mean we were on every publication you can imagine every TV show uh, the same day that we launched Amazon uh, launched uh, Amazon Fire and Facebook launched Slingshot and we were still able to get um, a lot more traction than they did and again, I think it goes back to the storytelling and not only that, but getting the right people to tell your story. So, Well, let's, uh, let's, let's dissect this campaign because uh, th- it really is one that everyone listening will recognize. And, uh, you know, we've had a past guest, a big angel investor who, you know, laughed and said uh, somebody is playing a joke on Silicon Valley because this app <laughs> does like, you know, hardly anything and uh, it is just everywhere. It went hugely viral. So uh, how did you do it? So actually, I wrote a whole article about it on VentureBeat, which you can... uh, Okay, we'll put a link in the show notes, definitely. We'll we'll put a link to it. Um, And I really detailed step-by-step how we did it. But the first step was um, actually we brought Robert Scoble, who... um, I'm sure that many of your uh, um, yeah, we're, your we're, uh, the Abster uh, tribe, we all know him. Yeah, he's a huge influence, uh, a massive, uh, massive Twitter following. Exactly, and Robert Scoble is a good friend, uh, an amazing friend, and uh, we showed him the app. Uh, so he was the first one to actually see Yo, um, and when he saw it, he wrote on his Facebook page. He wrote. I just saw the stupidest, the, the most stupid app, <laughs> but the most addictive. And when he uploaded that status, it was viewed by, you know, over 6,000 people who follow him on Facebook. Uh, one of those people was um, a guy named Tim Bradshaw, who is a reporter at the Financial Times, who then wrote about Yo. 
Um, but because the Financial Times is a paywalled uh, publication, not many people actually got to see that article. Uh, but one of those people who actually did see the article is Paul Sawyers from The Next Web, who is now at VentureBeat. And he then also wrote an article about this app that was developed in eight hours. Uh, and then, you know, published his piece on The Next Web. We sent out a press release. We already, you know, had the whole strategy in place. So we immediately sent the press release to a bunch of publications and everybody went mad. Um, you know, I remember that people were joking on Twitter uh, also that, you know, Amazon had integrated Yo into their uh, new phone. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was it was an unbelievable success and within 48 hours we had uh, over 1 million downloads, which is actually, uh, we beat Instagram's uh, record. Um, wow. Yeah. So you're, was, you're making my 10,000 downloads in one day seem really pathetic now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. That's incredible. I, I, I mean, we, we joke. This is actually, I guess, really hard to replicate. It, you, you, you right. can, we can dissect it and try and analyze what happened, but really it just was the perfect storm, I guess, from PR. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what it's called. It's called the per, the perfect PR storm. And I think, you know, if you... Obviously, we had a strategy in place, and obviously, you know, we had the process. But if you would have asked me back then, did I think that we would succeed the way that we did? I probably uh, would have said no way. So, well, hence our equity talk earlier. Which, uh, yeah, if I guess if you could predict that, then you may have uh, gone back to the negotiating table. <laughs> exactly, and I think you know it also goes back to the storytelling because. One of the main reasons I believe that Yo got so much coverage was the debate that we had created between the people who thought it was the stupidest thing they've ever seen to other people uh, who thought it was the most genius communication tool. And that debate, whether you hated it or you loved it, you just had to say something about it, right? It was like... Um, the same thing kind of, uh, you know, with that dress that everybody was debating. Uh, oh, yeah, that different color. So, so, yeah, this is what I'm learning from you then. It is like a, for, for a part of the assessment of why it was so successful is to create some controversy where people take one side or the other. Is There is only like yes or no. And uh, it generates like a debate. And uh, you get one side of the argument versus the other. And, and people just need to write about it. Exactly. I mean, you don't want to make your pitch vanilla. You definitely want to kind of keep it scandalous in a way. Um, I would never, by the way, um, recommend to anyone to create scandal by bashing a competitor because that never works well, FYI. So if anyone is thinking about doing that, do not. Right. <laughs> I can tell you that the reporters do not like uh, a bashing of, co of competition. Well, especially but because, like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of the uh, well-known names uh, are big paid uh, advertisers at many of these uh, publications. So uh, yeah. they would not but probably I want to. I also think it has to do with the fact that, you know, basically you need to prove why you're better than the competition, not don't bash someone before you even prove to the world why you are better. This is just so uh, like fantastic to actually go through uh, like one of the, in my mind, one of the most successful marketing campaigns for an app. Yeah. 
Um, and then, and then another, you know, kind of another story. We also have worked with Viber, uh, which I'm sure um, a lot of your listeners will know. Um, so Viber is a whole different story. I mean, Viber we started in 2010. Um, our competition was Skype back then, which was already a very well-known name, and um, it was. You know, people didn't understand why they needed Viber if they already had Skype. Um, and that it, it took a while to get Viber uh, to where it is today. Um, so, you know, the story of Yo, a lot of companies come to me and they say, oh, I want to be the next Yo, and that's great. Um, but it doesn't always work like that. It's very rare that uh, a story like Yo actually happens. Let's talk about uh, also, like something that happened to me, uh, I was involved uh, with a good friend of mine in the launch of a very successful app that made it to number two in the app store. It beat Minecraft. And uh, what that's done for me has uh, really helped like my credibility in this space for launching and also uh, given a bit of a name for myself. And I'm guessing uh, that like for you as well, the Yo, the Viber uh, as stories that you're allowed to tell, I guess, uh, has really helped your business. Is that fair? Yeah, for sure. Um, as I said before, I think um, that our credibility and reputation comes obviously from the work that we do. Yeah. And, and obviously people know the companies that I'm representing and I made that happen, uh, then that says something. So I'm fortunate enough to have an absolutely amazing app store optimization company called GummyCube who sponsor this show. And they collect uh, data from the mobile app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. And that data then allows you to be more effective when optimizing your apps for those app stores. Now, GummyCube deal with brands and indie developers and product managers. And what GummyCube are able to do is find those long-tailed keywords that rank. You see. App Store optimization, it used to be, and I'm, I'm sure you're probably still doing this right now, where you go uh, back and forth and check things like Google search, and, and then you get the long tail keywords uh, from web search, and that is the wrong thing to do. Uh, you don't really want any data that's being scraped from the web. What you want is data that is actually from the app stores, because we know that the way you behave in app stores is different to on the web and searching on the web. And so this is why you need GummyCube to get access to their algorithms and their data cube and to really be efficient with app store optimization. So I highly recommend going and checking them out at www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com. And thank you very much to GummyCube for being such a great company and supporting this show. So I want to thank my sponsor, Abtentive. Uh, they have a great tool which provides in-app surveys. So you get to ask your customers how they feel. Why do they feel the way they do about your app? You know, maybe you want to ask, do they think your app is above expectations or it's met expectations or even below expectations. You need to find the stuff out, find out how they feel. So it's really easy to implement in your app and, and you get these uh, surveys, which we all know how important feedback is. Uh, we need to get feedback to help improve the app, continue modifying it, enhancing it. And Apptentive enable you to do this in a very easy way. So to get your free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy 
It's really important that you do the forward slash app guy because you'll get the free consultation. So apptentive.com forward slash app guy. And thank you so much to Apptentive. They are incredibly supportive for this show and go and send them some love. Thank you so much. Great. Uh, there's just two more things we need to do, Alep, before we say goodbye to you on the show. Uh, one is that uh, we love to identify problems uh, that people are going through, entrepreneurs, business owners, because then where there are problems and frustrations, there's possible solutions that may involve an app. And I'm wondering, in your uh, last few months of work, uh, you know, you mentioned you're doing a lot of traveling. And what Are you able to think back to a, something that is like highly frustrating or a problem that you wish would be solved? Uh, and maybe we could just flesh out an idea for a potential app. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you mean other than world peace? Uh, yeah, uh, something that's really like causing a bit of a roadblock with your business or uh, just causing a frustration. It may be communication, it, it may be uh, um, flights, scheduling, uh, well, uh, communicating uh, with clients, that kind of stuff. You, I can tell you one thing that really annoys me is the spam that gets to my mobile, which I can't do anything about. Um, that is a genius idea because we've always been protected from spam on mobiles. No one ever gets our phone number, and we always get the we get the the really terrible spam telephone calls on our landline to the point where now we we've blocked everyone coming in. But phones, they need an app to protect you from the spam that you get for phones. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, because if I get a, a spam email, then I can just report spam to Google and they know the next time I get an email like that to send it to my spam folder automatically. When I get spam SMS, there's really nothing I can do. Um, so for me, that's one of the um, kind of, I guess, frustra frustrating parts of the day, especially as someone who gets a lot of messages and a lot of and there's, you know, if we go into another frustration, so many different platforms, right? Because uh, you're using uh, Viber and you're using WhatsApp and you're using Facebook and you're using Twitter and yeah. you're using Skype and you're using Gmail and all these different platforms where you have to be constantly monitoring and constantly, you know, kind of uh, juggling between the different platforms. So I rarely get SMSs actually to tell you the truth because people don't really SMS so much except my mom um, but you know getting spam messages just adds more to the yeah. and the more we use these messaging platforms the more actually uh, the spammers are finding out and and so anyone listening to this if there's any way of because I, I get this all the time when I travel I've just come back from Bali I was in Dubai as well you put in a, a new sim card a brand new sim card that's pay as you go and within the space of 10 minutes obviously the telecom companies are selling your data or your number and you're getting like adverts for uh, some uh, tin, tin of soup or something I got it's just ridiculous so uh, yeah I would say that that's a big app, app idea maybe a multi-million pound app idea you've given someone there so congratulations <laughs> could be the next yo <laughs> You develop the app, I'll do the PR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrific. Uh, okay, anyone listening, help me out here. You know, I need some help with the app. Uh, the final thing then is that this is a show about apps. We love talking about apps. And uh, I wondered if you could pull out your phone and uh, let us know one or two apps that you just love using or you think would be good recommendations for us. Um, I love Time Hop. 
actually. Do you ever use Time Hop? I love Time Hop. And yeah. Yeah. Um, it just reminds me of different events, you know, because again, I think that we are so constantly interrupted by the different things that happen in a day. A day is so long uh, with so many different things happening that you kind of forget uh, and, and kind of move forward without looking back so much. I don't know about you, but uh, and don't really have the time to reflect. Uh, on things that have happened in you know a year ago or two years ago or three years ago so uh, so I would say the time hop is, is definitely a you know an app that kind of reminds me of things that have happened uh, and so I love I love time hop yeah and if anyone from time hop the development team is listening could you just make this one change my uh, parents are constantly uh, sharing like their time hops, but their share button has uh, the, the images on, like in the, the frame, to try and obviously virally advertise time hop. And it's just very frustrating because my parents don't know how to change the uh, the uh, the frame, the image. So uh, I, wish, I wish that a lot of these companies would like just allow you to share stuff without the branding uh, or even make the branding a little bit less obvious. But uh, that was one complaint uh, for the time hop app. <laughs> Um, and I actually use, I love RunKeeper, by the way, because I run a lot and, you know, I kind of feel like you didn't ask this question, but <laughs> a lot of times I get asked, how do you kind of meditate? How can you, how do you chill out from your busy schedule? So, um, so I find that physical activity is a great way for me to kind of meditate and not think about work uh, for, for a whole hour. Yeah, well, we've had a uh, we have had a lot of runners on this uh, show built they've built apps, but one you may like was a past episode with a lady called Adele Kirby. She raised quite a bit of money on Kickstarter. As you go running, you you uh, use the app to track your running, but also you are immersed in an alien uh, invasion, and you are part of the story, and and your running has to coordinate with the story. I, I thought yeah. that, that was a pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that app. is pretty cool. Um, actually, Spotify has come out with a new feature, uh, a running feature, where it kind of like detects how quickly you're running, and then based on that, it gives you um, specific songs. Um, I also like their new Discover Weekly. I don't know if you've used that. On Spotify? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I have to confess, Eilat, is that I was Spotify for four years, a paid, loyal, loved the app. Of course, Apple Music came out. And the big, the big selling point with Apple Music for me was that I could share it with my entire family and friends, which I was doing with Spotify, but every time they'd kick me off uh, because you can only have one person playing it at a time. Whereas now we've all created our own profiles and our playlists. So yeah, I'm, unfortunately, I've said goodbye to Spotify and said hello to Apple Music, but uh, it's taken a lot of learning, that's for sure. Right. Um, so I love I love Spotify as well. I I love Zeit. Do you know Zeit? Well, that's a new one. No. Um, Zeit is a great way to it basically tells you whenever there's a story about any of your connections uh, on social networks, like Facebook, for example. Um, so um, it kind of it's a, it's a news curator, if you will. Okay. Uh, How do you spell that? And I'll, I'll put the link to the show notes. But uh, uh, Z Z I T. Great. Okay. Uh, they are some great recommendations. Well, Ayla, you've, you've really made our day going through like what, again, I consider one of the most successful uh, 
launch campaigns that I can remember for the silliest app I can remember. And uh, uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing everything. Of course, any, anyone can go and get the article to how Alet did uh, the Yo campaign in full details on. Uh, yeah, I also I also have a really cool video, which uh, a fun video. So I'll send you a link to that as well. Yeah, oh, cool. I'll put that on. So in the meantime, uh, yeah, obviously go to theappguy.co episode three six three for these show notes. But uh, also, how best can people uh, reach out to you or your company? How's the best way of getting in touch? So the best way is uh, email. Or Facebook, but probably email is best. Uh, and my email is uh, ayelet at blonde20.com. So that's A-Y-E-L-E-T at blonde20.com. Sometimes people forget the E after the D, so just make sure that it's blonde female, not blonde uh, male. And is it, so it's blonde20 <laughs> or blonde2.0? Uh, blonde2.0, but, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, too many dots for the email, Some yeah. You know, I, I started out as Blonde 2.0 back in 2006 when Web 2.0 was all the hype. And since then, people have told me I should drop the the 2.0, which I'm considering. A lot of people just call me Blonde or Blondie. Um, so, you know, I, okay. I'm considering well, it the, In uh, one of the previous episodes to you, in fact, uh, two episodes before you, uh, the guy uh, created, uh, in fact, one of your uh, connections, uh, Joe Grano, uh, uh -huh. has created a yes-no messaging uh, app where you can go and ask. Uh, and I have to say a, a shout-out as well to uh, Lauren Perry, who uh, is on your team working in Boston, who has been just terrific in, in helping us uh, continue this show and get some great guests. So thank you to you and thank you to uh, Lauren as well for, for everything that you've all done to help the show keep uh, going. Lauren is amazing, so shout-out to her. And thank you very much for having me, and I wish you lots of luck. Um, and, um, you know, I'll be tuning in. Perfect, yeah. Uh, all the best, then. Just to remind you that this show is sponsored by GummyCube. GummyCube are a big data company that are collecting data into DataCube, which is pulling data from the app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. So go and use an app store optimization company that is getting its data from the app stores and not from web searches, which do not relate really to what's going on in the app store. Go and check them out. It's www.gummycube.com. Thank you very much to GummyCube. They're just such a great supporter of this show. Also remember that this episode has been brought to you by Apptentive. They have the intelligent ratings reviews widget and you need to use this to get higher up the charts and get better reviews going onto your review page. So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase. And thank you, Apptentive, for continuing to support the show. Also, just to remind you that one of my biggest challenges right now is to create written content from all the wonderful content that's being shared here on this audio show. And I am looking for anyone who is really good at writing and wants to contribute to the show uh, by taking some of the transcribes of the episodes and turning those into uh, written content that is going to be valuable out there online and uh, posted to various uh, news sites and other places where we can get some traction. So I am looking for anyone who's just naturally a good writer and can take uh, something that is uh, almost uh, given to them from a transcribe of an audio, which is actually not that interesting to read in the written format, but then can convert that into really nice content that will then uh, 
help promote this show and also uh, will help promote them as uh, someone who can can do that. So if you're willing to give back as part of the Apps Tribe and uh, listen to the show, then please do let me know. Get in touch. It's paul at theappguy.co, uh, paul at theappguy.co or Twitter, paul underscore s underscore kemp. That's paul underscore s underscore kemp. Thanks and stay tuned for another episode of the App Guy podcast soon. Bye for now.